0: You're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. All right. And so, this is the second week of a title that I started last week called Do What Faith Does. Do What Faith Does. Because I believe that uh, people are asking, you know, what is God saying? What is God doing? And those two questions need some answers. But then it asks us the question. Those two questions ask us the question. What do we do? What are we going to do? And so last week we began with three things that faith does. Now you can go back and you can watch the video from last week. You can download the notes. In fact, if you want to get today's notes, you can go to lifeway.church forward slash 04-05-20 and you can access the notes. You can go back to them. You can actually go over there and take notes and then send yourself a copy of those notes in your email. But last week we started with uh, three things that faith does. Now, I knew that faith does a lot more than those three things. But those three things were, number one, faith always looks at the size of God. God is bigger than everything that we're facing. We were just singing. There's nothing greater, nothing more powerful, nothing bigger than the name of Jesus. And so as we look at the size of God, our faith stands up on the inside of us and causes us to overcome all the fear that we deal with. The second thing that faith does that we talked about last week was faith stands firm. Faith doesn't wobble. You remember A long time ago, there was weebles, wobble, but they don't fall down. Well, faith doesn't even wobble. Faith stands firm, stands firm. And when we dig our heels into our foundation, which is God's word, so we don't fall down. We put on his supernatural armor so that we can stand up in the good fight of faith. So we're standing firm, standing tall. Standing until, until, until when? Until there is no end. We stand until. And then number three, faith never gives up. Faith never gives up, never gives up, never turns back, never sits down. Faith never gives up. So we take courage so that we won't grow weary and faint or give up. Because faith determines every day. It's an everyday determination. It's intentional. It's on purpose. We determine every day that we're not going to give up today. We're not going to give up today. We had a chance yesterday, but we didn't give up yesterday. We're not going to give up today. We're not going to do it. We never give up. Faith never gives up. We're just going to do what faith does. And so, if you look at Joshua 24, did I tell you to turn to Joshua 24? Joshua 24, and chapter, 5, or chapter 24 and verse 15, it says, and this, this famous, people have it all up over their uh, doors and uh, in their house. Um, as for me and my household, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And Joshua, you know, we need to remember who said this, when they said it, and why they said it. Joshua said this at a critical time where he needed to renew his commitment and his covenant to God. And well, let's look back in verse 14 because it kind of gives us. An idea of what he was dealing with. He was leading Israel into the promised land. And he pointed out some things to them. And he says, now I want you to fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. I think it's important that Joshua told them, the children of Israel, to serve the Lord and fear the Lord and serve the Lord with all faithfulness. Faithfulness. We need to serve the Lord with all faithfulness. And then he says, throw away. All the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so. Joshua was at a critical time. I believe we're at a critical time. I believe it's time for us to say to to each other, choose for yourself who you're going to serve, but I'm going to serve, I'm committed to, I'm consecrated to, I'm covenanted with God, and I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be faithful because God has been faithful to me. God has been faithful to me. I'm going to be faithful to God. And listen, faithfulness always wins Over fearfulness. (laughs) And so here's another question. Are you full of faith? Are you full of fear? And if you've been full of fear, it's time to get full of faith. You can do it. We can do this. We can get full of faith. We just choose faith over fear. We choose faith over fear. And so today I'm asking you to to make that commitment and covenant with God to choose faith. To serve Him. What does serving God mean? Well, we will serve the Lord. How do we serve God? We obey what He tells you to do. In the good times and in the tough times, all the time, we obey what God tells us to do. I'm I'm so glad that we have the account of Jesus in the Bible. that, That they didn't polish it up and make it smell good. That this week, this very week, we get a chance to uh, revisit, to look at it again, the Passion Week where Jesus comes into Jerusalem and then goes to the garden, and then that intense spiritual warfare, Do, do I keep going or do I give up, and then being crucified, being flogged, being whipped, being accused, being spat upon, being hair torn from his head. Stripes on his back, beaten and bruised, committed to go all the way, committed. Jesus faced tough times, and I'm glad they were recorded in the scripture, because what he faced is a lot more than what we're facing, and he chose, he chose to be faithful. Why? Because God is faithful. And so I have three points for today. Well, what are we going to do? Faith does the will of God. Faith does what God does. And so the, the fourth thing that faith does, which is our first point today, faith controls our soul. Faith controls our soul. We control our soul. Look at Psalm 42, verse 11. Familiar verse. Psalm forty-two, eleven says, Why? Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. So I'm I'm choosing. David is writing here, and there were times where David was down, but he didn't say there. He chose to speak to his soul. He recognized that his soul was down. We could say that maybe he was dealing with depression at that time. But he he said, why are you so down? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. It's time today to tell uh, ourselves. Tell your soul, put your hope in God. Not in anything else. Put your hope in God. And then he says, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. This is how we control our soul." We knew, we knew this before, before the current crisis. That if we follow our emotions, we will be up one day and down the next day. Up one day and down the next day. I want us to see this scripture in, in a couple more translations. First, we're going to look in the, the Passion Translation. Psalm 42, 11, in the Passion Translation says this. So I say to my soul... Don't be discouraged, don't be disturbed, for I know my God will break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise Him all over again. Yes, living before His face is my saving grace. That is so awesome. I'm saying something to my soul, don't be discouraged, don't be disturbed, I know my God's going to break through for me, I know that, and so don't be discouraged, even though I, 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 I have plenty of reasons to be discouraged, I have plenty more reasons to praise him all over again, because living before his face is my saving grace, I like that, we're living before his face. And that's our saving grace. The Message Bible puts it like this. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. Soon I'll be praising again. Maybe it takes 30 minutes. Maybe it takes an hour. But soon I'll be praising again. If I fix my eyes on God. Not on the problem. I control my soul by fixing my eyes on God. And then it says this in the message. He puts a smile on my face. Do you need a smile on your face this morning? God will put a smile on your face if you fix your eyes on him. He is my God. Back to the account where Jesus is in the boat. He's sleeping. The storm's going. He told his disciples, just go to the other side I'm going to, you know, I'm not sure that he said I'm going to take a nap back here. But it was obvious he was taking a nap. And the, the, the disciples were so disturbed. Doesn't they got angry at him? Doesn't he even realize that there's a storm going on and the, the boat was being tossed to and fro? And they thought that they were going to drown. And so finally, one of them was elected, I'm sure. Hey, you go over and wake him up because we're going to drown if we if we don't wake him up. And so they woke up Jesus Which says a number of things. People in panic are motivated by what they see and their emotions most of the time. We can agree with that. People in panic are motivated by what they see and by their emotions most of the time. So we have to control our soul so that we can make right decisions at the right time for the right reasons. We have to control our soul. Those disciples were afraid because of what they saw. And what you see and hear does affect your mind and your emotions. But you have control over your emotions. And you need to have control of your emotions before they control you. Think of it as you're driving a car. You can't afford to to have your emotions take over the wheel. You have to take control of the wheel, tell your emotions to get in the back seat and shut up. Just like sometimes we do with the kids, right? You stay back there and be quiet. (laughs) I've got this. Don't allow your emotions to climb up to the front seat and overtake the wheel and take you off in the ditch somewhere. Put them in the back seat and tell them to be quiet. And it's only natural that our emotions and our mind go through this processing You know, People say, I've just got to process this. I've just got to process this. Yes, you do have to process it. That's only natural. But the Lord wants us to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 say this. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. So I say, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are like... Uh, I'm freaking out right now And I just want to jump off the, the cliff You know uh, Your flesh says Ah, panic Ah, what am I going to do Ah Verse 17 says For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh They are in conflict with each other So that you, uh, you are not to do whatever you want That's the New International Version. It says that the spirit and the flesh are in in contradiction. That's why you feel sometimes that there's a war going on. Your flesh wants to go this way, but in your spirit, you know that the peace of God pulls you back to center, to center. And your emotions are going, and your heart's going, and your emotions are going, and your heart's going. Listen, we need to make the distinction between our spirit and our flesh. Our heart, our spirit, is the real us. And our emotions and our mind, uh, our thoughts, are connected to our soul. Also, our will. Our will, our mind, and our emotions are connected to our soul. And so we have to make that distinction there if we want to walk in the Spirit and not walk in the flesh. If we want to take control over our soul, we have to walk in the Spirit. I didn't say it was easy, but it is possible. It is possible because God wants us to be stable in crisis so that we can hear his voice and follow his spirit because his spirit always leads us out of the crisis in the right direction. He doesn't want us to be tossed to and fro, back and forth with every wave that hits us, every negative newscast. And if you listen to all the reports that are going on around right now, Uh, You're going to shift from one side to the other, one side to the other, one side to the other. Most are talking doom and some are trying to give hope and which one is right and which one is wrong and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And pretty, pretty soon you get so tired of the back and forth that you just turn it off and you and you're, you're just worn out and weary trying to discern. Listen, it's time to turn on. The good news. It's time to get in the word because it calms you. It produces... Faith Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Fear comes by hearing and hearing the words of the world. We're not supposed to live from the outside in. We're supposed to live from the inside out. That's what it means to walk in the spirit. If our spirit is in contact with God and faith comes from God then what's on the inside of us should flow outside and not the other way around. We have to keep ourselves strong if we're going to control our soul. Living from the Spirit will bring out the fruit of the Spirit. If we're walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit, we bring out the fruit of the Spirit. It's found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's that word self-control. Self-control. If we're going to control our soul, we're going to have to exercise and operate in that self-control. That's why the enemy right now is trying to get everybody to not control anything excessive eating excessive this excessive that excessive the other it's not time to binge it's time to control 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 because when we binge we go in every direction we have to have self control if we're living from the spirit being led by the spirit we're going to have the fruit of the spirit in galatians 5:25 says if we live by the spirit so let us walk by the spirit if we say that we're filled with the Spirit and connected to the Holy Spirit, then we should walk. That means take each step. Today, you're going to take steps today. God has ordered your steps. We take those steps and we step, we live by the Spirit, we take a step. By the Spirit, we take a step. By the by the Spirit of God on the inside, if we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us, He's leading us to take every step by following His Spirit. The second point today, or the fifth point of what does faith do? Faith rejoices in faithfulness. Faith rejoices in God's faithfulness. Look at Psalm chapter one hundred and verse five. Psalm 100 and verse 5. In the New International Version it says this. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. That means the generation that we're living in right now in 2020. God's faithfulness continues in this generation. God is faithful. I don't care what anybody tells you. God is faithful. And it's His faithfulness And trusting God's faithfulness that causes faith to rise in my heart and allows me or permits me or puts me in a position to do what faith does. I'm going to do what faith does because my faith is in him because he's faithful. Listen, the way that joy is directly connected to strength, our faith is directly connected to his faithfulness. Joy comes from knowing that God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's all places at the same time. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And there's no one more powerful than our God. And he's uh, um, omni- omniscient is all-knowing. All- omnipresent is everywhere at the same time. But he's all three of those. He knows. <laughs> he has the power. And he's everywhere. Amen. He knows what's coming. He's all-powerful. And he's all over the place. And because I know that... Because I've experienced his omniscience, his omnipresence, and his omnipotence. I know God's got this. God's got this. He's got this, and he's got you. If you're trusting in him, he'll never let you be shaken or never let you fall. He'll never drop you. God is faithful. And our faith and trust in him is a result of recognizing his faithfulness. Pastor Sheila and I all week have been recognizing the faithfulness of God. We've been noticing the birds. You know how everything is kind of slowed down. It's just, just the noise is kind of toned down. You notice that. And we're looking at things. And, you know, spring is a very busy time in nature anyway. But God created nature. And he, had, he created everything with a purpose. And if we'll just stop and look. And so we've been noticing the birds. The flowers, taking pictures of the flowers, all the normal stuff that happens during the spring and, and the pollen, you know, the pollen. You go out the next morning, rub your finger over the car and there's, an, you know, a quarter of an inch of pollen on your car. But it's a sign that God is Faithful. And we just go, wow, God is so faithful. The sun came up today. Isn't the sun so wonderful? All of this stuff that people are talking about can't take away the sun. Can't close up the flowers. Can't silence the birds. God is faithful. The grass is growing. I need to go mow it. God is faithful. (laughs) Celebrating his faithfulness, we we gain a new appreciation how he created everything and how consistent God is. He's so faithful. He's so good and he's so faithful. Remember when Paul and Silas were in the jail. They began to sing. They chose to sing praise. They could have done anything they wanted to, but they chose to sing praises to God and magnify him. Instead of the problem. They decided to sing praises out loud. Because the Bible says that the, the prisoners around them heard them. It's in these times where we praise him. In these times of testing. When we praise him that supernatural strength rises up within us. And changes the atmosphere and environment around us. You know faith has a song of victory. Not based on what it looks like at the moment, but how faithful God is every moment. doesn't matter what it looks like at this moment for you. God is faithful every moment. And faith always has a song of victory. I can imagine Paul and Silas in the prison singing, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father there is no shadow of turning with thee i don't think they sang that because that's uh, king james king, king james english and that was back in the 1600s uh, but you can imagine what they sang was magnifying god great is his faithfulness if i'm locked up in chains i'm going to sing great is his faithfulness he's so faithful when you magnify his faithfulness, it gives you reason to rejoice. Rejoice means to have joy all over again. It's time to have joy all over again. Faith has joy over and over and over. And then the last point today that I want to make is faith praise the word of God. When we pray, it's not desperate, it's not despondent. It's, it's not like, oh God, what are we going to do? I just don't know how you're going to do this. Oh God, please save us. Please hear from heaven, please. And, 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 and honestly, sometimes when you hear some people pray, it's like in such desperation that you wonder if they understand how powerful God is. I want to look at this one verse. This is so powerful. You need to meditate on this verse all week if you can. 1 John chapter 5. There's two verses actually. Verses 14 and 15. 14 and 15. 1 John 5. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything... According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. And so, God is listening for faith. He's listening for faith. God hears requests that are in agreement with his word. With his word. Guys, what camera am I on? This one? God hears your request. Because he's listening for your faith. He's listening for your faith. He wants your faith to be in agreement with his word. When you get in agreement with his word, he's listening. The Bible even says that Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for, to see if he can find faith on the earth. Faith on the earth. Declare, I have faith and I'm here and Jesus is going to find me faithful, full of faith. Because he's faithful. He's listening for faith. If your children came to you and, and told you all about their problems... And never went to the next step and asked you to become involved in fixing the problem. It would be as though your hands are tied. God doesn't want his hands tied in your life. It's time for you to ask him. It's time for you to ask according to his word. According to his word. Find scripture that that is in agreement with what you're asking. And come to God. Pray the word. In order to pray the word, you need to know the word. That's why it's important for us to study the word. So that we can pray the word of God. So that you can see God's response. Prayers of faith are prayers that are based on the word of God. Telling God the problem may make you feel better. But he wants you to go one step further. And he wants you to remind him of his promises. Remind him of his promises. You know, God may be touched with the feeling of our infirmities or our weaknesses, but he's moved by our prayers of faith. When we remind God of his promises, he can bring his solutions into our reality. God has solutions. He has solutions for us. But when we remind him of his word and we connect with his word where the solution is, he brings his solutions into reality. And that's what connecting with God in faith, in prayer means. Connect with God in prayer, in faith, in faith. He knows what you're dealing with. He is touched with the feeling of your infirmity, but he wants to move in your life, and he moves in response to your faith. Faith pleases God. The word of God is our shield and our weapon in prayer. Like Ephesians chapter 6 says that we put on the full armor of God, it says, the, the shield of faith quenches every fiery dart. Well, when the enemy throws darts at us, like Jesus in, the, in the, the wilderness, when he was tempted by the devil for 40 days, he lifted up the word. He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. Every time we say, it is written, we're lifting up the shield against the thoughts from the enemy. We say, it's written. This is spiritual warfare. And this is part of prayer as well. When we're coming to God or we're making requests, that's part of prayer. But another part of prayer is spiritual warfare where the enemy comes and he says, like he said to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, then throw yourself down. Surely God will lift you up. And the enemy was quoting the word to Jesus. But Jesus said, It is written. It is written. It is written three times with the word, with the word, with the word. Know the word, pray the word. Know the word, pray the word, know the word. It is written. Take your shield, then take your sword. Take your shield, take your sword, take your shield. Take it back to him. Right? We have to know the word, not our opinions, not what somebody else said, not some prophecy that someone gave years ago. It's the word of God that's alive and active and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. This thing is going to save your life. Personally, God's word to you saves your life personally. We declare his word in faith. When we declare his word, we're declaring our faith. We're declaring our trust. We're declaring our hope. Everything that we believe. We need to do that today. And so faith looks at the size of God. What are we going to do? We're going to do what faith does. We're going to look at the size of God. What are we going to do? We're going to do what faith does. Faith stands firm. What are we going to do? We're going to do what faith does. It never gives up. And then today, faith controls our soul. We have to control our soul. We have to rejoice in His faithfulness. We're not rejoicing in the circumstances. We're rejoicing in the faithfulness of God. And we're praying the word, praying the word, praying the word. Stay in the word and pray the word. Stay in the word and pray the word. It's the word, it's the word. That's why Joshua 1 says, meditate in the word day and night. Joshua 1, eight, meditate in the word day and night, day and night. Remember it. Write it down. The Lord said to the children of Israel, write it down, put it on the doorpost." As you you get up, remind your children. As you lay down, remind your children of what the Word says. The Word says, is what the Word says. It's not our opinions that's going to bring us through this. It's what the Word says. It's not the opinions of the doctors that's going to bring us through this. Or the bankers. Or the stock market. It's not the opinion of people that's going to bring us through this. It's the Word of God the only thing strong enough to bring you strength so today i encourage you do what faith does do what faith determine today and then tomorrow when you wake up determine to do what faith does do what god does obey him as for me and my house as for me and our church we're going to obey god we're going to serve him we're going to serve the lord with all of our heart, all of our strength. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that's watching right now, that they're being stirred up to make a decision in their heart. If they don't know Jesus, this is the time. This is the time. This is why we're here. This is why the church is still on the earth, for people to come into the body of Christ, for people to give their lives to Jesus. And if you're there right now and and you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to just take a moment. doesn't matter where you are. If you're in your living room, get on your knees. If you're in your car, pull over. If you're in a park somewhere, just close your eyes. Ask Jesus to take control. Give him your life. Say this with me. Jesus, I give you my life. I need you. I need help. And I surrender. I I choose today to follow you all the days of my life. I receive you. And I receive your gift of salvation. Today. I give you my life. From now till forever. If you prayed that, please get in touch with us. Please let us know. Just right there in the comments or send us an email. Please get in touch with us. Tell somebody that you just made Jesus the Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Today is your day. It's your birthday. If you chose to follow Jesus today, it's your spiritual birthday. You're in the family. We're here for you. We want to pray with you. From our mouth to your ear. It's not a digital voice. It's not a computer praying with you. Jesus was flesh and blood. He touched people. He touched lepers with leprosy. The power in Christ is greater than COVID-19. Or any other disease, pandemic that should ever, ever, ever come on this earth. Jesus' power is greater. If you need healing right now, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those that that just received Jesus, but we want to pray a prayer of healing for you as well. Father, I thank you for people giving their lives to Jesus today. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, You can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.